0: Amen, thank you for that. Question Who do you trust? What are their names? Who do you trust? Can you think of five people that you trust? Can you think of three people that you trust? Maybe you can only think of one person that you trust. Maybe you can't think of anybody that you trust. Second question, who trusts you? Who trusts you? Can you think of their names? Who trusts you with the most important stuff in their lives? Who trusts you to do stuff for them that they don't trust anybody else to do for them? Who trusts you with a secret? Does anybody trust you? We're going to talk about being trustworthy today. And really, the premise of the Bible, just to take a step back, is that God is trustworthy. Like, that's where we have to start. We have to start with the idea that God is trustworthy. I mean, if really from beginning to end, what you have to say is God is trustworthy, if you're honest with the story. That's one of the premises of the story, that you you really can't have this book or understand this book without believing that God is trustworthy, that, that God tells the truth, that God does what he says he will do when he says he will do it, how he says he will do it. He is trustworthy. And that's what we're celebrating at Christmas time. That God is trustworthy that he showed up like he said he was going to show up, when he said he was going to show up, how he said he was going to show up. This is part of what the men are studying on Wednesday nights with the with the men's Bible study. They're going to go into a season of looking at promises in the Old Testament that God fulfilled in the New Testament, especially around Christmas. God is trustworthy. So when you think about becoming a trustworthy person, it starts back farther than that. It starts with God is trustworthy, so you can become trustworthy. Okay? So we're in Matthew chapter 5, working through a section called the Sermon on the Mount. It's the longest section of Jesus' teaching that we have anywhere in the Bible. And Uh, It has just been, I've really enjoyed this study and I'm so glad you're here with us to enjoy it. So here we are in Matthew chapter 5. We're just going to jump right into it. Verse 33. Again, you have heard that it was said of those of old. So Jesus has been talking about ways that his disciples are different than the religious people of that day. Really, you could go back to uh, chapter 5, verse 20, where Jesus says, therefore I tell you, unless your right with Godness or your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And then he gives six examples of how they're going to be different than the religious people that day. So one of the things you're going to say is, when I go through this, you're going to be like, well, everybody lies. Everybody lies. I'm not the only one. And Jesus would say, exactly, exactly. Everybody lies. That's true. But you're supposed to be different. You're supposed to be different from everybody else. So, again, you have heard this said of those of old. You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. So, this is how the religious people of that day had summarized the Old Testament teaching. If you're going to swear to God, better come through. Don't swear falsely. If, if you're going to swear to God about something, better do it. Better not wait, better do it right away. And so what they said is, oh, so you're saying that if we don't swear to God, we don't have to do it. You see how legalism doesn't work? Like, you can't, you can't legislate morality. You just can't. It comes down to the heart. So God makes a rule. If you're going to swear to me, you better come through. They're like, okay, then we just will make it sound like we're swearing to you, but we're not really swearing to you so we can lie and get away with stuff we want to get away with. So let me show you some examples of that. So Jesus says, but I say to you, do not take an oath at all. Like, if you're going to lie with oaths, stop taking them. Do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God. So if they said, we're going to swear by heaven, then you'd say, oh, okay, well, I guess I can trust them. And they're like, ha. then they wouldn't do it. And you'd be like, but you swore by heaven. They're like, yes, but we didn't swear by God. Gotcha. And Jesus is saying, are you kidding? Heaven is God's throne. You can't swear by heaven without swearing by God. Or by earth, for it is whose footstool? Well, it is his footstool. So they'd swear by earth. By earth, I solemnly swear I will do this. And then they would not do it. And you come back and say, but you swore by the earth. And they'd say, ah, but I didn't swear by God. And Jesus is saying, are you kidding me? The earth is his footstool. You can't swear by the earth without swearing by God. It all goes back to God. Or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. So they'd say, well, I swear by Jerusalem that I will come through. And then they would not come through. And Jesus, and then, and then they'd say, well, I didn't swear by God, did I? I just swore by Jerusalem. And Jesus is saying, are you kidding me? You can't swear by Jerusalem without swearing by the king of Jerusalem. It all goes back to God. And do not take an oath on your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. It's hard for me to not make a joke about how some of us really are trying hard and really succeed for a little while at making one hair white or black. Or red or green or whatever, blonde, you know, whatever color we decide to Make it, but at, you know, we can't change the roots though, can we? And I think what Jesus is saying here is you don't have control over anything. You can't even control the hairs of your head. You can't, anything you swear by goes back to the one who makes your hair black or white. Just to help you kind of understand this and I think feel it, I'd like to take you to Matthew chapter 23. Um, and just read a couple of verses to you to help you understand the context, then, because I think this will make even more sense if we understand uh, how people, how, listen, how lying was part of the infrastructure of society. Because I know part of you is going, well, in order to survive at work, I have to lie. In order to survive at school, I have to lie. Cheating or lying is part of the system. Anybody that doesn't cheat or lie where you live, other than here, like, they don't make it. If you're going to make it, you have to cheat, you have to lie, you, you just, you have to make promises, you know, like, it's just part of the system, and I want you to see, it was part of the system then. So, Jesus says, you know, in a, in a make friends and influence people way, woe to you, blind guides! <laughs> I was joking when I said that, by the way. <laughs> Who say, if anyone swears by the temple, it is nothing. So you'd swear by the temple. I promise I will do it. And then they wouldn't do it. And you'd say, what you swore? you say, ah, but I didn't swear by the gold in the temple. But if anyone swears by the gold of the temple, he is bound to his oath. See the hair splitting? And Jesus is like, are you kidding me? Technicalities are not going to save you when you stand before God? Lying is lying. You blind fools. See, I didn't go that far. You're like, I've never called you guys that. Jesus is like, you blind fools. Which is greater, the gold or the temple that has made the gold sacred? And you say, if anyone swears by the altar, the altar itself It is nothing. Like, who cares? It's just the altar. It's not God. It's just the altar. But if anyone swears on the gift that is on the altar, he is bound to his oath. You swore by the altar. Yes, yes, yes. Gotcha. Didn't swear by the sacrifice on the altar. It's hair splitting. Jesus says, stop it. Just stop it. Just let your yes be yes, and your no be no. Just be the kind of person that doesn't have to swear. Because it all goes back to God anyway. So whether you swear on the altar, or you swear by the temple, or you swear by Jerusalem, or you swear by the earth, or you swear by heaven, it all goes back to God. All of it goes back to God. So just tell the truth. If you just tell the truth, you won't have to swear on the Bible. You won't have to swear to God. You won't have to swear on your mother's grave. You won't have to cross your heart, hope to die, poke a needle in your eye. You don't have to do that. You don't have to say something and then have them say, promise? Because they're just going to know that you're honest, that you're just telling the truth. You're a truthful, dependable, trustworthy person. Jesus says, stop it. Stop with all of that. Stop with the hair splitting. Stop with the technicalities. Stop with it. Just tell the truth. Just say what you mean and mean what you say. Just do what you say you're going to do. Just do that. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. All the technicalities, all the, well, this or that, you know, all the fine print, gotcha. All that stuff, all the rationalizing and the justifying and the extra, all that stuff, just excuses. Please stop. Here's the point. Here's the point. Because God is trustworthy, he wants us to be trustworthy. I know that's like I know that seems like so basic, you know, so so obvious. But just because it's obvious doesn't make it doesn't mean it's easy. Lying to God comes naturally to us. Lying to each other, you don't ever have to teach kids how to do that. They just they, they just, they know how to lie from early on. Lying to ourselves is a thing too. Truth-telling is immediately difficult and requires courage and discipline. And Jesus calls us to be truthful people. So, why is it so difficult? Well, I think it's difficult now for us in the same reason it was difficult for them back then. And that is, the water that we swim in, if we're like fish and we swim in the ocean, the water that we swim in is full of lies. Like, like it, it's, it's, you know, and you might be even saying, like, everyone lies all the time. Everyone lies. Like, so I have to lie. Like, they, they lie with the bold print and they tell the truth in the fine print. They rely on technicalities to keep them from getting sued because they're lying all the time. Everyone makes promises that they know they can't keep, that they know they can't deliver on. Like, it, it, lying is just part of the system. You might tell yourself, like, look, everyone cheats on their taxes. Like everyone does. It's just part of the system. You might tell yourself everyone lies about their hours. Everyone does. Everyone cheats their hours some way, somehow. You might tell yourself that. You might tell yourself everyone exaggerates stories. Everyone makes themselves look 10% better and the other person look 10% worse in the way they tell the story so that they come out looking, looking better than they really are. You might say, everyone leaves stuff out of the story that is really part of the story and changes the story. Do you do any of that stuff? Jesus would remind you the first reason to tell the truth is that you are not their disciple. You are his disciple. And because you are his disciple, you are are different. You are the light of the world, so you tell the truth. Maybe they do lie about everything. Maybe they do, but that's because that's because they're deceived. You know who the father of lies is? Satan. God the Father is the God of truth. Like don't be deceived and be fall into that trap. One lie leads to another lie. I was talking with Brendan about this, and he said the biggest thing that this reminded him of is how we lie to ourselves by telling ourselves that a lie will bring resolution. If I just lie about this, it will be okay and it will go away. If I just lie about this, I won't have to deal with the hard consequences anymore. But lying doesn't resolve anything. It just demands more lying. Please stop lying. First reason to tell the truth is you're different, you are the light of the world. Second reason to tell the truth is that God is always your witness. This is what I think Jesus has said time and time again where he's talking about don't swear by Jerusalem because it is the city of the great king. Don't swear by the temple because it is it is God's temple. Like be careful about what you swear by because you're always swearing to God. And this is what the apostle Paul says when he says God is my witness and he says that again and again which is I think I think is a form of a vow. I think he's saying God is my witness I'm telling you the truth. Not because the apostle Paul sometimes lied. But to help them see that he was telling them like to say wake up I am telling you the truth right now but to help them believe him. This is why I think God made vows in the Old Testament. Not because God sometimes lies but to help Abraham and the other people he was vowing to believe him. Like, I'm doing this for your sake, to help you know that I am telling the truth. So I I don't think this means we can't take vows when we get married, or we can't take vows when we enter the military, or we can't take vows when we are testifying in court. I think that's not Jesus' point. I think Jesus' point is just tell the truth. Just be people that never need to take a vow because everyone knows that you are someone that tells the truth. Okay, so the Apostle Paul will say, as God is my witness, like calling out the idea too that God is always our witness. This is also, I think the Apostle Paul gets this from Jesus as it was pointed out to me that Jesus said this very same thing when he says, your father sees in secret. Your father sees in secret and will reward you. He knows what you're doing all the time. He always sees what you're doing. He always hears what you're saying. He is always your witness. Look. You know how silly it is to try to lie to God? You know how silly it is Try to hide from God? You know how silly it is to try to cheat God? Who are we kidding? Three reasons to tell the truth. Number one, you're different. You're Jesus' disciple. You're not their disciple. It might be that they're all deceived and that they're all deceiving. It might be that way. But you're the light of the world. You know the truth. And his name is Jesus, and you're his disciple. Reason number two, because God is always your, your, your witness. Reason number three, comes in like the whole Sermon on the Mount. I think Jesus' whole ethic builds up to Matthew chapter 7, Verse 12. Remember the Sermon on the Mount is Matthew chapter 5 through Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7 is like Jesus is summing everything up, telling them what he's already told them. And so if we turn over there to Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. Jesus says, So whatever you wish others to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. This sums up the whole Old Testament. Do unto them what you would have them do unto you. So let me ask you. Let me ask you. Just look at me just for a second. Who do you lie to? When do you lie? Maybe most importantly, why do you lie? When do you lie to your spouse? Why do you lie to your spouse? And Jesus would turn that and say, Would you want them to lie to you like that? Why do you lie to your parents? When do you lie to your parents? When do you lie to your kids? How do you lie to your kids? Do you want them to lie to you like that? When do you lie at school? How do you lie at school? Why do you lie at school? When do you lie at work? How do you lie to your friends? And Jesus would turn that and say, do you want them to lie to you like you're lying to them? Michael, let's go ahead and turn the lights off. The thing about darkness is, and I know it's not super dark in here, it's it's light enough that you can still see some things, but if it was really, really dark, like dark, the kind of dark you can feel, like the kind of dark in a cave, when they turn the lights off and it's really, really dark. The thing about that kind of darkness is you just get paralyzed with fear. Because you can't move forward and you can't move backward because you don't know what's out there. You just don't know the truth about your surroundings because you can't trust your sight. You can't trust anything. You, if, if there was something fantastic just a couple yards away from me, you would never know if there's something you're really harmful right next to you. You would never know because it's dark. What is the relationship between darkness and lies? I tell you, I think it's super related. We just don't know anything. We can't trust anything people say when, when, it's, when they lie to us. Now think about the relationship between truth and light. What's the relationship between truth and light? I think light gives you confidence because you can understand your reality. You can see what's around you. You, you can move forward with confidence when you are in touch with the truth. Jesus said that you are the light of the world. Part of you being the light of the world is you telling the truth. So people can trust you. So people can know, well, if they said it, I believe them. They tell the truth. You are the light of the world. Let me tell you, this is something that Jesus said, don't hide, please don't hide that. People need you to be the light of the world. It gives them confidence and hope because it is different from everyone else they experience. You are the light of the world. This is Jesus' words. You, his followers, his disciples, you are the light of the world. Because you can be trusted. And you can be trusted because he can be trusted. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would help us tell the truth, be the light of the world. Help us not fall into the lying system that is around us, but help us be people of integrity, people of the truth. I pray these things in Jesus' name, amen.